Well, I've actually shared this analogy uh, a number of times. And um, when I was an auto electrician, um, often I used to, I'd get called out all hours of day and night to, to fix trucks and machines. And quite often they were miles up in the bush. And, um, you know, you'd get there in the dark and you'd think, oh, where, how am I going to find this problem? And um, I, I, so many times I, I used to pray on the way up and I'd say, you know, Lord, can you just help me find this? I, I don't want to be here too long. Um, I've got other things to do. And, and I can tell you time and time again, people would be amazed at, at how quickly I actually went to the problem. And, and I don't put that down to, to my brilliance because I'm not that brilliant, uh, but I have a brilliant God. And, and he, he would actually guide me to that. And there's an amazing testimony in that, but it's not really what I, I, I want to talk about now. But so often I'd be looking for a problem in the dark. I'd be perhaps you know, crawling around under a log truck trying to find a, a broken or a chafe wire somewhere in the dark and it was very difficult. And, um, and sometimes you know, I wouldn't find it. And the next thing, the sun would come up because often I'd, I'd be out early in the morning before um, daylight and the sun would come up and then I'd find the problem, and, and it was amazing. Um, it, it was something that was so difficult to find in the dark, you know, crawling around with a torch in your mouth, looking up under things, trying to find something. But as soon as the, the sun came up, um, suddenly everything becomes clear, and things that were so difficult to find in the dark were very obvious in the daylight. And, and that happened time and time again. And I'd think to myself, you know, why didn't I just stay in bed and wait for the sun to come out and then go out in the daylight? And perhaps that would have been the smarter thing to do, but the people that owned these trucks were, were determined that you had to get there straight away and, and, and get them going. And anyway, they were paying, so anyway, it didn't matter. But, you know, I'd think, well, what was the purpose of that? What was the purpose of crawling around in the dark trying to find a fault that was so easy to find in the daylight? And I've been thinking about this season we're in at the moment and this, um, this COVID situation and, it, it, you know, in many ways it feels like a bit of a cloud that's, that's over us and, and some parts of it can feel a little bit dark because we don't know what's there. And the, um, the Mercury, that's our local paper, they've been running a, 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 a sort of a, a campaign at the moment encouraging people to, to turn their front lights on just to, to share a bit of hope and solidarity through this season. And, and I've thought, how can we, how can we as kingdom people, how can we as followers of Jesus shine a light through and beyond the COVID cloud? So that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. And, um, and, and I think what is invisible in the dark is very obvious in the light. So remember that. Remember that often we can be stumbling around in the dark and we think, what was the purpose of that? I might as well have stayed in bed, like I said, when I was up there trying to fix those, those trucks and machines in the dark. And, and sometimes you can be working hard, you can be doing something and things are not working and you're thinking, what's the purpose in all this? Listen to what Jesus said um, about this. He said, Jesus answered them, this is in John 11, um, verse 9, he said, Jesus answered them, he says, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they can see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night, they have no light. And as I've said already this morning, this, this COVID cloud can feel like it's a, it's a bit dark. And in a sense, we can say, hey, well, what's the, what's the purpose of all that? Why did... Why did God allow this to happen? And 
you know what? You can ask those questions, but it's, it is. I'll be honest. It, it's actually hard right here at this moment in time to actually give you a good answer on that. You know, what's the purpose in this? But I've thought about that and I think maybe the question that we need to ask is not even what's the purpose of this. It's actually what is my purpose? What is your purpose in this season? And I think that's a more important question than, than, hey, why did this happen? Because you know what? We've always lived in a world where things happen. We live in in a broken world. We live in a world uh, that is far from perfection. But maybe the question that you need to ask is, is what's God's purpose for me? What's God's purpose for you at this time in this season? And you know what? You don't actually need a crisis to, to feel like you've lost purpose and maybe you've had the cloud of depression uh, maybe you're in that right now and, and you, you're thinking, what's my purpose in this time? You know, there's the cloud of disaster when, when things have gone wrong, perhaps financial disaster, perhaps, you know, um, something's happened in your family and, and things have, have all broken down and, and it feels like a disaster. And, and what's the question? What's, what's my purpose in this season? Um, the cloud of corruption, the cloud of disappointment, the cloud of expectation or, of course, this, this cloud of COVID that we're in at the moment. So back to, back to what the Mercury are doing in, in shining you know, front lights. How do we shine our light in and through and as we come out of this COVID season? How could we do that? How can we shine our light in this time? And... As we think about what our purpose is, I think very much Jesus actually addressed that and he addressed it at a time when the culture was dark in a religious sense. The culture was dark because he lived in a country that was under Roman occupation and and the Romans were were barbaric. We, We know because... Um, the, way that they, the way that they executed their criminals was crucifixion. There's probably not been many more barbaric ways to, to execute somebody. So it was a, it was a dark time and, and Jesus addresses this question and he says in Matthew 5, and he talks about light, Matthew 5, 13 to 16, he says, You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavour? Can you make it salty again? He says, it will be thrown out and trampled underfoot and become worthless. And and back in those days, the the salt wasn't as pure as we had today. And often what would happen is is the salt would actually leach out of of the mass of salt and yet actually you'd be left with something which was basically just like a powder or like a a gravel and it wasn't salty so they'd just throw it away and obviously they'd get trampled into the paths. He says, can you make it salty again? They couldn't make that salty again. And then he goes on, he says, you are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. There are three really, really powerful pictures here that Jesus paints for his followers in the world around them. First of all, salt is the opposite of corruption. You see, Salt actually preserves, 
Um, we're pretty lucky today. We've, we've got fridges and we've got all sorts of ways of preserving things. But, um, you know, before we had fridges, salt was used as, as a way to preserve. You know, meat and all sorts of things were salted to, to stop them corrupting, to stop them um, rotting or going off. So salt actually preser- preserves. It enhances flavour and it prevents corruption from becoming worse. So when Jesus says, you know, you are salt, he says you actually have within you the capacity to preserve and stop corruption. You can preserve the good in this world, you can bring out the flavour in this world and you can actually stop the corruption that goes on around you because you are salt. Light gives guidance so that those who have become lost can find their path home. You know, as, as, as being light in this world, we actually have the capacity to help people find their way. We actually have the capacity to point people in a direction where they can find purpose, where they can find direction, where they can ultimately find an eternal destiny, where they can find relationship with God. That's what it means to be light. And, and the third picture is that of a city. And a city is a product of social order and government and it stands against disorder and chaos. So as dysfunctional as some cities are, there's always some sort of order that makes a city function. And, you know, we're blessed here in Australia, in Hobart. We've got pretty good order in our city. We've got pretty good systems in our city that enable the city to function well and stop chaos in the most part. You are salt. As I've said already, you have the capacity to prevent corruption. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have the capacity to prevent corruption. You have the capacity to enhance and bring out the good around you. Your purpose in this season, your purpose in this season that we didn't expect is to be salt. Your purpose is actually to, to, to bring out the flavour from those that, that, that you're in communication with, those that are in your sphere of influence. Your purpose is to be salt and light. Jesus didn't say you need to be salt and you need to be light. He actually said you are salt and light. He didn't say you've got to try and be salty. (laughs) He didn't say you've actually got to try and be light. He actually said you are salt and you are light. And and really, we don't have to try and do that. We've just actually got to make sure that who we are actually emanates from us. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. Here's a thought. Salt and light are both a picture of distinction. So how can we shine our light through and beyond this COVID season? Well, I think, number one, we've got to embrace our distinction. Number one, embrace our distinction. I'm I'm all for us as a church. I'm all for us being a a church that is relevant in a a manner that's that's part of our culture. I'm all for us not being so weird that people can't relate to us. I'm uh, I'm all for us not being religious and, and crazy. But If you're a follower of Jesus, there is a distinction that actually makes you different from everybody else. And and let's not just try so hard to fit in that we actually miss the distinctive that makes us who we are. So let's embrace the distinction that we have in Jesus Christ. Allow the light to be turned on. 
See, Jesus did paint the picture. He said, well, he said, nobody lights a light and puts it under, under a basket. You know, if, you, if you're going to turn a light on, well, you want it to be seen. You're not going to light that light and then hide it. And then some, sometimes that's actually what happens. You see, when we come into relationship with Jesus, you know, something in us lights up, but there are things that almost come in and cloud and shield that light from shining. I want to talk a bit about that as we go on this morning. Salt is needed because we have a world around us that is corrupting. And as kingdom people, we've actually got... Um, a responsibility and we've got the capacity to, to actually bring about change and stop that corruption. You know, many of you um, would be able to tell stories and testimonies about how you've stood up for what's right, perhaps in your workplace, perhaps in another area of society, and, and, and you've stopped corruption around you because you knew what was right. Why did you do that? Well, you know, you might have had good, good morals and good values, that's part of it, but you also had this conviction from Jesus inside you to stand for what is right. That, that's how we're actually salt and light in this world. If our own faith is also rotting and decaying, it won't be any good to those that are around us. So what's it look like? I think, you know what, you will speak hope when others are speaking doom. Have you ever been in a, in a, in a, in a lunchroom um, when, when people get onto politics? Or when people get onto what's going on in society, and and you know they're, they're running down the prime minister, they're running down the premier, they're running down this person, they're running down that person, and then they're talking about how bad things are getting and how our society's going down the gurgler. I'm sure you've heard conversations like that. But you know what? When we're salt and light, we we actually have the capacity to bring about change in a conversation that goes on like that. You know, when when others are speaking doom, you're going to find yourself speaking hope. You will encourage when other people are pulling down. You will change the conversation when others are gossiping. You will care for people and do good when somebody else says they deserve all they get. You know, that's what it means to be salt and light in, in this COVID season and any other season. And, and, and as Jesus said, in the same way, let the good deeds shine out of you for all to see so that everyone will praise your Father. You know, when you know you're loved, when you know you're loved by your Heavenly Father, you do good not because you need the affirmation, not because you need to be told you're a good guy or you're a good girl. You actually do it because you are connected to the heart of the Father and the Father's heart is to do good and it just places something in you that gives you the capacity and the courage and the desire to do good. And, and, and what's it say? Well, people will say, oh, yeah, Dave's a great bloke because he does good. No, it's not that. It's actually, you know what? Dave's done the odd good thing. And, and, and we, when we see that, we see the heart of his father. And, and, and that's what it means to be salt and light in this world. You're secure in who you are, in him, and you share his heart. You will have purpose when others struggle to find clarity. Light is needed because this world can be a dark place. If our faith imitates the darkness, we have nothing to give this world. Let's celebrate and let's allow the distinction that we have as followers of Jesus to set us apart 
from everybody else. To be effective, there must be contrast. When this world is without hope, we have to speak and offer hope. Jesus brought the light of God into the dim torch of our humanity. And think about that. Jesus brought the light of God into the dim torch of our humanity. As a teenager, um, I walked the overland track and um, it was it was a great experience as I think I was about 13 or 14 when I did it and I've always wanted to do it again and never got round to it. But And I, I can remember the, the last night before we were to walk out, before we were to walk out to Lake Sinclair, we were staying at... Uh, at, a, at a hut on the side of Lake Sinclair and it's called, the hut's called Narcissus. And um, the thing I remember about this night being there at this hut was it was dark, it was wet and it was cold. Now, for those of you who don't like bushwalking, you might say that's been your experience. Well, often it is, but there's some, some great moments too. But this night was wet, it was dark and it was cold. And... And we'd all had, um, we'd all eaten our, our dinner in the hut, and and then I think, you know, some of the guys were staying in the hut, and others were in tents. And um, and one of our one of our boys was found trying to get from the hut to his tent, and he had this he had this little torch. And the, and the battery had gone flat and the torch and the torch had become so dim and actually the torch was so dim you actually almost need to turn another torch on to see if the torch was on. And, and he was going around and around in circles and, and not getting anywhere because why was that? Because his, his torch was, was actually so dim and so useless that it wasn't doing anything. And the thing about when you go bushwalking now, torches are so much better. You know, we used to. Who remembers? Who remembers? Comment um, on, on the on the on the comment bar. Who remembers the dolphin torch? The dolphin torches were a great thing. You know, they had this six volt battery in them, and they were about that big. And 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 when you first put a battery in them and you turn them on, they were so bright. They were amazing things. But because they were bright, they would use up that battery pretty quickly, and after a while they'd become dim and useless and a very frustrating thing to use. But we, in this day and age, have LED technology, and, and our lights are so much brighter, and the batteries last so long, and, and they're so amazing. And it's a bit like, you know, what did Jesus do? Jesus came and he actually supercharged the dim torch of our humanity. It's like he said, okay, yeah, you've got a little bit of light there, but I'm going to, I'm going to take that out and I'm going to put the latest LED technology into that and I'm going to allow you to shine bright. I'm going to connect you to a power source that is God himself through the Holy Spirit that is never going to run out of power. In other words, your light will never ever go out. You will never find yourself wandering around in the dark because your battery went flat, because you're not a battery powered person. Your light is connected to our Father in heaven and it's never ever going to go out. And, and it's like he brought light into this dim torch of humanity that actually gave us the capacity not only to see where we're going, but light the way for others around us. You carry a light that can penetrate and light up the darkest of situations. You carry a light that can light and penetrate the darkest of situations. 
And sometimes you can be in something and think, how? How am I going to get through this? This just feels so dark. But just remember, the light of Christ that you carry inside you is actually able to penetrate the darkness and actually bring light and illuminate this situation and your battery's not going to go flat. You're not going to find yourself stumbling around in the dark because he's not going to leave you. All right, number two, how can we shine through and beyond this COVID season? I think number two, we've got to remove the, remove the lid. Uncover the light. Jesus said, well, you know, you've got this light, but there's no point walking around with, with, with a cover on it. It's not, no point having a, a candle or something and having a beanie or, or a bowl sitting over the top of it. Come on, take the lid off it and let it do what it's supposed to do. In other words, illuminate the presence around it. And he said, no one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. But what, what are those things that can be the basket that actually stopped the light shining. Well, I think disappointment. Jesus actually told us in the kingdom, he said, you know, one thing you will have is trouble. And sometimes when I think about that verse, I think, thanks very much, Jesus. I'm I'm really pleased you said that um, because I feel like I've had a fair bit of trouble here and there. But but he said, you know what, you will have trouble. You're in a world where where stuff's going to go on. We are going to have trouble. But then he also says, you will overcome the world. Um, Disillusionment, disconnection, distraction, hurt, resentment, self-focus. All these things actually cover our light. Did you know what? You've got this amazing light in you, but, but when, you, when, you become, when you become hurt and, and that hurt's not dealt with right and, and that hurt turns into resentment and that hurt might turn into bitterness, when people look at us, they actually don't see the light shining. All they see is the effects of the, of the bitterness and the resentment that we're carrying and it masks and it stops the light shining. And we've got to be prepared to lift the lid off and allow the light to shine. They, they cover the light and, and the light stub, struggles to shine through. And you think, oh, well, that's good, Dave, but you don't know what I've been through. You don't know how difficult my life's been. You don't know some of the pain that I've been through. You don't know some of the stuff that's happened to me. No, I don't. But I want to say to you this morning that you don't have to be perfect. Listen to what Paul says about that. The Apostle Paul This is a man who understood what it was to be broken. This is a man who, before he met Jesus, persecuted and dealt with Christians in the cruelest manner. This is a man who carried the faces of the people he had terrorised, perhaps for the rest of his life. And listen to what he says. In 2 Corinthians 4, 6 and 7, he says, For God who said, Let there be light in the darkness has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our power is from God, not from ourselves. You know what? You don't have to be perfect. You might have some cracks and some flaws, I've certainly got plenty of them. I want to encourage you, don't, don't try and plaster over. Have you, have, you ever, have you ever tried to take a shortcut on a renovation? Have you ever sort of tried to do a quick sort of bog-up job 
on a big crack that appears in a wall. Um, you know, I think I did, did that once, but it doesn't work. Um, either you see a big lump there or, or it just cracks again. You've, you've actually got to, to fix it. You know, you've got to grind it all out and, and, and you've got to fill it properly and you've got to sand it all off. And, and I want to encourage us, let's not try and plaster over. Let's not try and cover up the cracks in our life. And, and, and there are. There's pain, there's cracks and things that we're going to carry with us the rest of our life. But you know what? The light of Jesus Christ is actually going to shine right through those cracks. You know, people are actually going to see, yeah, that person's not perfect. You know, Dave's got, got some stuff. But you know what, my prayer is that, that people don't just only see the stuff, but they see the light of Jesus that actually shines through my humanity, that shines through my cracks, that shines through the things that, that are not perfect, because none of us are perfect. Let's not try and be perfect, but let's understand that the light of Christ will shine through our cracks. We can waste so much time and energy trying to make ourselves look good. We can actually spend all the time, you know, putting on makeup, up metaphorically or, or, or in reality we can spend all the time you know trying to be hang with the best people or say the right things or or do something that just makes us look like we're doing okay when Jesus said hey you know what my light is in you and it is going to shine through your humanity you don't have to try and bog up the blemishes let's just allow the light of Jesus Christ to shine through our humanity and people will be amazed. They, they will actually even be more amazed that Jesus is shining through our humanity. That brings me to a, to a great segue. How, how can we shine through and beyond this COVID cloud? Well, I, I, think, I think we've actually got to place the light on a stand. We've got to place the light on a stand. Jesus said, instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. What's the, what's the stand? What's the metaphor of a stand? Obviously, a, a stand, in, in those days, we're told that, that most people you know, reclined and sat on the floor. Um, so they would actually put the the lamps rather than on the ceiling like we do. They'd put them on a stand and, and that would just shine down to, to where they were eating or, or, or where they were at a, at a lower level. And um, I think that metaphor of the stand is actually the church. I, I think when Jesus said this, he, he was actually showing us that the lampstand could be the church. You see, when the light is brought together, when it is elevated and it is focused, the impact is almost unlimited. Here in Hobart, a, a number of times we've, we've seen these amazing bright lights that have shone into our skies during the, uh, the dark mofo season. And I remember the first time that ever happened and, and you know, for a number of days I'd seen this light shining up into the sky. But, but when I actually went down, and, and I think the first time ever the, the light was um, down at the regatta grounds near, near the cenotaph and, um, and, and it was... It, 
it, it had been shining up from there. But when, when I actually got down there, I found that it wasn't just one single beam. It was a whole lot of lights that came together. But when you saw them in the sky, you, you didn't actually see a whole lot of single beams. And if I remember rightly, as, as the light got further and further away, as it got further up in the air, you could actually see initially that there were a number of beams, but as it got further away, they came together in one sharp beam that was able to, to be sharp and, and penetrate miles and miles up into the sky. Isn't it amazing the way that the church works? You know, you can think, well, you know, I've got this little bit of light or, or, or I can make a difference in my sphere. Don't underestimate what Jesus can do with you in your sphere. But you know what? He can do a whole lot more when we actually bring our lamp and we place it on the stand and that is coming together as the church of Jesus Christ and it's all, all these lights become brighter, they are brought together, they become focused and they're able to penetrate, they're able to change society, they're able to, to, to change and, and bring about things that, that are corrupt and, and, and bring about incredible change. You know what? Slavery, modern day slavery was, was essentially um, uh, abolished because the church actually stood up against it. And, and I could go on and on with times where the church has actually shone a bright light and it's been a whole lot of people that have come together that's brought about change in society. So let's allow our lamp to be put on the stand that's come together as the church of Jesus Christ and, and let's just get ready for what he's going to do in this city. I'm excited that, that as we come through and out of this season, you know, there are things that he's going to have placed in us. There are things that he's going to have done in this season and there's going to be bright lights that shine across this city of Hobart like we haven't seen before. I'm excited. I'm ready for that. Do you want your light to be just sitting in some bedroom by itself or do you want it to be part of a church that is making an incredible difference? Let's allow our light to be put on a stand. I get passionate when I talk about the church because I love the church of Jesus Christ. You see, God works beyond measure he reforms beyond measure and he has hope that is unlimited and he's able to project care from us that goes beyond incredible barriers never underestimate the difference that your light can make when it comes together in the miracle that is the local church. We can achieve a whole lot on our own, perhaps more than you think. But together, I believe that we have no limits. We are so much better together. As you come through and out of this time, remember, you're salt and light. You're not trying to be salt you're not trying to be light, you are salt and light. What does that mean? It means you actually just need to put the salt, <laughs> you need to put the salt where it's needed. Um, I, I, had a, I had a friend that used to talk about that we've got, the church actually needs to get the salt out of the shaker. In other words, we are salt, but, but we've, in other words, we've actually got to get it out in society where it brings about change. In other words, there's no use us being separated and, and you know, um, not rubbing shoulders with people. I know that's a little bit hard at the moment, but metaphorically, you know what? We need to actually get that salt out of the shaker. 
Um, you are, you are light. In other words, we need to allow our light to shine. We need to, to, to uncover some of those things. Um, and I just believe this morning that there are people here and, and, and you perhaps haven't felt confident to, to allow your faith, to allow your testimony to actually shine and bring about change in people's lives. Well, I want to encourage you that you don't have to be perfect, that Jesus is only too ready and willing to, to, to actually shine through the blemishes in your life and, and you are going to be an incredible blessing to so many people. So uh, allow, allow Jesus to shine through your blemishes. You don't have to be perp- perfect. Your purpose is salt. It is to enhance and preserve the good around us and prevent corruption. Your purpose is light. What's that? That's to do good and reflect your Father's heart. Do good and reflect your Father's heart. I just want to pray for you right now as we come through this season and I'm actually starting to to get excited about the things that are going to happen as a result of where we've been and beyond where we've been so I'm I'm starting to get get filled and and ready to start you know preaching you know more vision and 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 get us ready for what God's got for us in the future but I think you know as as your church He's actually saying, you know what, you are salt and light. You don't have to try and be salt and light. You don't have to try and find that thing. In other words, be who you are. Uh, uh, allow your distinction to, to, to actually set you apart um, and, and start, to, start to bring uh, about change in the world around you because salt's going to bring out the flavour and, and it's going to fight corruption and, and we're actually going to see our light shine. It's going to help people find the way. It's going to help the broken find relationship with Jesus. It's going to allow people that have been addicted to get free of that sort of stuff. It, it's going to allow people that have felt like they're lost with lack of purpose to actually find their way home. And, and I'm excited. I'm ready for that. Um, why don't you start to pray and get ready for that?